again. Hey, Jared. I've had a really great time tonight with you. Yeah. At this Fuddruckers. It it has been fun, man. Fuddruckers. Yeah. Haven't seen one of them in a while. Yeah, I didn't even think they were still open. Yeah, but here here we are in the Fuddruckers parking lot. That's right. And I'm just going to get on one knee here. And uh, oh my God. What are you doing? Dan, will you make me the happiest podcaster? I don't know what to say. Yes. Um, Yes. (laughs) Yes. I was like, holy shit. Is Dan going to actually not say yes during my podcast proposal? You never know, man. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Indie Film Review. That's Dan. I'm Jared. What's up, Dan? What's up? How do you feel about our? Uh, I was gonna say I nuptials. feel pretty, uh, pretty uh, invigorated by the podcast proposal. Um, <laughs> not sure what that entails, but huh. I guess You're I gonna have... have to break up with your wife first oh, off. First no, of all, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to get divorces, both of us. So uh, you know, lengthy financial perils <laughs> up ahead. So be excited for that. Yay, I'm glad I agree to things. <laughs> and that was a binding verbal contract. Dan, oh. we watched a film called Parallax. And I want you to paraphrase what the film was about. Uh, uh, without spoiling it. Um, hmm. Okay, so this woman named Naomi... She is having trouble with her existence, we'll say. Yeah. Um, she is constantly, um, uh, uh, what's that word? Like pontificating to herself about what is real, what is not real, and how do we know if we are real? And mm-hmm. um, her, her fiancé is trying to help her. But as the film progresses, you start to realize that there is, like, that's not really what the film is. The film is actually bleeding into science fiction, and you're like, what the mm. fuck? Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's fairly unique. Like, I thought it was going to be something that was just, you know, run-of-the-mill, what is this? And, like, I'm, I was going to like it either way, but it turns into yeah. this fucking weird sci-fi thriller. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, this was sent to us by Amanda Co, and she reached out to us on Instagram. Um, I believe she is part of the team that made this film. Uh, mm. And the film was directed and retain by Michael Bakchochin. Bakchochin, right? It's B A C H O C H I N. Bakchochin. B A C H O A Bakchochin. B C H A O. Yeah, oh, that sounds good. I like that. It's like German now when you say it that way. Uh, but anyways, um, thank you for sending this to us. We really appreciate it. And uh, we're going to dissect it. We're going to get in there in the nitty gritty and, and figure out what's what. And in this first half, again, like a lot of longtime listeners already know, we're going to try not to spoil it. Second half, we're going to get real deep into it. Deep, deep, deep. Dan, let's do questions now. Okay. Do you have a question for me? Jared, how did you like the framing of this film? I think 
the best part of this movie is the framing and camera work direction. The editing is really good. The whole composure of the film visually is really, really nice. Yeah. There's some really cool shots in this movie. Very cool. Um, I liked, there's some certain scenes where the, the fiance Lucas. So it's Lucas and Naomi are the two main characters. He is, he is in a, a therapist office and it, they'll like, do these very dynamic camera angles to keep you interested. They do a really good job in this movie to, to I thought, keep you visually engaged. I thought the framing choices were bold because, you know, there's so many scenes of like Naomi and she's mm-hmm. the, she's supposed to be the subject in the frame, but the close up is at the very bottom center of the yeah, frame yeah, yeah. and then everything yes. else around her is just huge and I'm like what the fuck I am love I looking that. at I love this too that. but I, I've never yeah. seen a a film that consciously made that choice it was, it was very yeah, interesting yeah, yeah. I like it when uh, directors and, and filmmakers break, break yeah. some of those common rules yeah. and still make it work it's really really fun I mean, I, it, I think it, that like, worked really it well because it was broken quite a bit, and I think that's really what contributed to my like of the framing and the cinematography because mm-hmm. it was bold, it was interesting, and it was it, it's a forced perspective, and it makes you think about why they are forcing this particular perspective. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we're only looking at the top of her head. Like what? What yeah. can we kind of ascertain? What can we glean from this this instance of film? Well, it felt like a wide shot without it being a wide shot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it was a it was a close up of her face, but then the whole surrounding space is just like green or emptiness. Yeah, it was it was really fun in that way. I think it they do a good job of using the camera to show how disoriented mm-hmm. the main character yes. feels. Yes. Because there was a shot, again, like I said, at the therapist's office where there's like a close up of Lucas's jaw speaking it's just like the lower half of his mm-hmm. face and his neck and i'm like i've you know that's not something normally you would frame up on but it was so aesthetically pleasing and they yeah. didn't stay on it for too long they're like here's a weird shot and we'll come back to a normal one now we're cutting this way and there was enough spacing between those edits that it felt natural and nice too so yeah all of that was really well done um dan how did you feel about the the sound and the score throughout this, because we've already talked about the visual aspect. It was, it was engaging. Like it, it was atmospheric where it needed to be atmospheric. It, um, it contributed a lot to the imagery that you see because the 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 whole narrative is like very bizarre because it, it, it the narrative makes you kind of question again, what reality actually is. And I think the ambient and spaciness of the songs or the, the score like really aided in that narrative tale. Mm-hmm. Okay, Dan, I have another question for you. I know I'm full of questions. How did you feel about the pacing of this? Mm. And I will preface it with looking at reviews. Cause I was look- I looked up the IMDb to find out who had made this and everything. And it's getting good reviews on IMDb. But people are calling this a slow burn. You have arrived at um, the thing that I think the film needs to work on. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. This film right. is. I think we're on the same page. Film is a. It's an hour and fifty minutes long, and you feel it. Like. Yeah. 
yeah. once you start to realize what this film is, which isn't really until the last 30 minutes of the film, 40 minutes of the film, you're like, oh, I could have done without maybe 10 minutes of that slow burn because the burn would have been the same anyway. Like, if yep. that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. Because you spend so much time um, trying to figure out what is this girl's problem? Because basically, you 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 kind of understand it as she's gaslit herself somehow. <laughs> like I don't know. It's it's weird. Like the first half of this film is dealing with mental trauma. Yeah, yeah, and like and memory loss and I maybe thought, dementia and mental illness. It, well, and then it kind of gets in that sci-fi thing. I thought it was going to be like she lost her her kid, and the room that she doesn't want to go into is you know, her kid's room and like, it was mm-hmm. the trauma of that kind of loss. But the trauma that she's dealing with is never said, like, we don't know what the trauma is, even with all the sci-fi shit. Like we have no idea what it is that's ailing her. Well, is there even anything? Yes, like, is exactly. though, is that a red herring? It's a red herring. Cause I feel sure. like there are a couple red herrings in this that do make the plot kind of fun. Um, but then there's also ambiguity in the end and kind of, even when you know, you don't know about a lot of different aspects that happened later on in the film. And it was a little frustrating to me. Mm. I mean, I don't need to know everything, but like there are parties where you're wondering why they're doing the things they're doing. You know, I think some of that is explained away in a sentence or two, which we'll get to, but my question for you again, Dan. I'm just Mr. Questions right now, Dan. I feel like we're I have a question a for you behind the actor studio. Of uh, okay, yeah, fuck, 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 fuck. Go ahead. Here is my question for you, Jared. How did you like that tonight? Yes. Tonight's sting that's in this film. Oh, uh, pretty, pretty. <laughs> oh, I loved it. I love it. I love tinnitus. I definitely don't have it. No, Dan is setting me up for this question because he knows I don't like <laughs> ringing in movies. There's, there's this really, really prominent scene towards the end that it's like, bam! It's like, wow, that, that'll yeah, give you tinnitus yeah. for sure. So, I mean, it's happening to me right now. Mm. <laughs> like, I've had tinnitus my, almost my whole life. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, that's... Uh, don't put it in your film. You know, <laughs> I, I've said it once and say it again. It's not great. Figure out a different sound to make than the tinnitus sound because it just triggers horn. it for me. I'm so triggered right now. If you could play a bugle, just every time there's you're disoriented, it goes. Then I'll know. I'll know that that's. Oh, she's having tinnitus right now. Her tinnitus is acting up. Uh, that's my voice I use when I <laughs> I have a realization about Imagine. something in a film. Imagine that's like, that's what tinnitus is. Just every time you get tinnitus, like, yeah, you're in the middle of the night, you wake up in a cold sweat, you're like, Jesus Christ. Oh, that's horrifying. That's horrifying. Okay, my other question for you is Dan, so we're talking about slow burn films. Yes. First, Think about a film that was a slow burn that you liked, mm-hmm. that was very good, and why did that work? And does it work in this film? Why or why not? You know, that's kind of the comparison. I'm trying to dissect what makes a good slow burn thriller. I mean, the slow burn is always going to be based on the payoff, right? And Yeah, but what is, what's there to keep you interested 
along the ride, like when you're going there, right? Like, is it okay for the audience to to get a little bored or start yes, to like? Yes, that's the part of ponder. what a slow okay. slow burn is, and I think okay. I, so. This film, in my opinion, is successful as a slow burn because of her. And this is ooh, this is like the type of narration that I like. I don't like the voiceover narration where it's just like telling a story. The voiceover yeah. narration in this is just basically her thought diary that we get to witness. So it's, so it's kind of mm-hmm. like, um, uh, old boy where it's like, he's kind of, you know, doing his, his meditation to himself and we're in on it. Yeah, and that's what yeah. this film is. And her meditation is fucking bonkers. Because she's talking <laughs> it is about really wild. She's talk like the first thing she says is something along the lines of, um, "We suffer. We we do this. We we like everything is pain. But like, what is it that makes me me? If like memory exists, like you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It made reality co- get called into question almost immediately." To a point where you like mm-hmm. you don't know if this is a reliable narrator, but you also start thinking about your own life and are you in the matrix? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a point where a character says, if this is a dream, does your happiness really matter? Yeah. And the response to that from Lucas is no. But I kind of say yes. Because if we're gonna get into spoilers right now. <laughs> we're spoiling the movie, parallax. Um, I believe it is still in the, the theater circuits. I don't think it's been released yet. Uh, we were given a screener uh, for the film. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Parallax. Uh, go check it out when it drops. I'm sure there's trailers out there on, on YouTube. Uh, it came out, I, well, I believe it's coming out this year. Um, but any hoozle, the whole dream reality thing, this really gets into like, does it matter, you know, if you've lived a whole life, but it's not real. I, I think it does because like you can kind of choose what mm-hmm. is reality and what isn't right. Like we're all like, there's a collective understanding that we're choosing that this world that we're in is our reality. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some people believe that when you die, you go to somewhere else. I mean, that could be like a waking up or, mm. or whatever. So, because there's a, there's a moment where, Lucas says to Naomi, like, I've lived my whole fucking life and you're telling me this is a dream. And he's like, I've done all of this. And it's like, but then I I don't see how that becomes invalidated. Right. I don't know. Because Uh, at the end of the fucking film, you find out that he didn't live his whole life. He's part of this weird ass fucking experiment that's happening that involves Naomi and whatever that other girl's name is. But how, but how is him live, like, he still did it. He still lived that. Did he? Did he? I feel like he did. Every yes. day he got up and grew older, he, he was born. Yeah, he, like, yeah, all yeah. Of that that's happened to that's him. what the family? film wants you to think until you start to realize the overarching thing. Which is, they're trying to get Naomi out of this kind of coma state that they put her into yeah. for There's science. There's third party. And the third party is like the therapist is in on it, and uh, this other woman that keeps showing up. Uh, is it what Michaela? is her name? Michaela. Michaela keeps showing up. They're like these agents, and they're all. It's kind of like um, Inception esque, mm-hmm. 
where they are they have these cool devices oh the devices are like a copper crown of thorns that they wear on their heads those are really cool i like those a lot um and i the issue with me there is like i don't get why they're trying to wake up naomi and then they have Lucas in another room. He's tied up and looks like they tortured him mm-hmm. to try to get information out of him. But, but somehow he's still in the dream. Yeah. But he's also like, you you find out through Naomi's dialogue within one of those dreams that Lucas is the one that labeled this whole thing parallax. So I think he came up with this study, but then his team turned against him. Like there's more yeah. in there that I want to know about. It's a little confusing as just to why these people are doing this to Naomi. And it feels like maybe they're trying to save her. But then it's like, they keep saying we have to go deeper and deeper. But I'm like, why? Are you trying to pull her out? I I just, I don't get the goal of what's going on. Are we in a dream? Well, Is any of this real? Table that, because that's something I want to talk about. But, just kidding. We don't, we don't. I don't want to talk about that. It's scary. Is Dan's <laughs> saying yes to my proposal Hold not on. true? Hold on. Hold on. All right. How many times have you seen a scientist in a movie um, or a corporation, I don't know, go further than they were supposed to in the name of science and then it yes. fucks the whole world up? That's basically yes. all this is. I mean, they say that they are explorers. Yes. Lucas and Naomi, they came up with this invention together. Just being like, we want to test the limits of reality to see where we can go. They are like astronauts or people, you know, exploring the ocean. I get that. But it felt like the team was almost like nefarious. Mm-hmm. In the, I guess it, I don't know. I guess they were trying to pull her out. It was just strange. Here's 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 an aside. Um, I'm terrified of things like this dream actually, or this dream, this film actually happening because <laughs> I watched a clip of what looked like kind of like an independent TED talk somewhere, mm-hmm. where this fucking scientist dude, he's like, "This is what we're working on," and he's basically saying we have trained a computer to look at brain patterns that light up whenever you look at a picture. Mm-hmm. And the computer reads the brain patterns and then without seeing what you see, paints a picture of what the brain patterns are saying. And it's <gasps> almost exactly the same. Whoa. It's fucking scary as shit. That's that is so cool. It is cool, but it's like it, it, even the guy in, who was giving this, he's like, this is what happens. And everyone's like, whoa, like the, you hear like an mm. uh, audience reaction. And then he starts to nervously laugh and he's like, yeah, imagine what would happen if uh, it, it falls into the wrong hands, basically, is what he says. <laughs> it's like, Jesus. Fuck. So, yeah, it's interesting, not saying that we're going to be inceptioning people, but like it's interesting how, you know, because like think about that for a second. Brain waves are completely active during your sleep, right? Yeah. Whenever you're dreaming. So if a computer can read your dreams... And human beings need to sleep. And I don't think we found out why exactly. No, we don't. We have no idea. The best I've heard is that it's, it's a way to, like... Like, clear out the files, you know, and on all the stuff, all the information that we've had, it kind of sorts it out. It's like we're defragging our brains Mm. when we go to bed at night. Uh, And if we didn't have that, you kind of just go 
bonkers, pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, a lot of fun concepts. I do wish the film got to it. I know this is a slow burn. Um, but I feel like we could have shaved off 10 or 20 minutes and still had a really good yeah. slow burn of yeah, a film. I agree. Um, because I don't think you really get to a like, what? Like, a oh, that's intriguing until about 40 minutes into this film. Mm-hmm. When a normal film would take about 30 minutes of setup or less. Um, so, yeah, there is that. Oh, I th- also thought something fun. We were talking about this. Uh, TED Talk or whatever you were saying. Naomi dives deeper into the dreams using paintings. Yes. So she'll paint something, and she. Yeah, I like, and she says she's not an artist because she really isn't. She's just doing what this entity, this thing, is telling her to do. Yeah. And she'll make it, and then she'll go in, like down into the next level, wherever that is. She has like this fucking Mario moment where she there's this amazing (laughs) painting. It's like it's completely black canvas, and there's like this little blue seashell looking thing on there but the seashell moves it's like what the fuck and anytime she touches that she gets transported into this new area and like it's either the desert or it's the beach and both of these locations are just gorgeous yeah looked like the california desert to me yeah um but yeah it was really cool and i like the idea of that like the further you go into these dream levels uh the less you remember Mm -hmm. So, like, they're sending people in to try to pull her out, but then they start to, like, kind of forget who they are, too. Mm -hmm. And every time people who are in the dream call someone on the phone, they can talk to them. Yeah. Like, the people in the real world, if you believe that's the real world, I don't even know anymore. Uh, they, they like talk to them on the phone. Cause like you hear this like weird distorted voice, like everything is fine. And I was kind of wondering why that was. Mm -hmm. And there's an explanation because they're talking through a fucking dreamscape. I think what would have helped this film if we keep it at being a slow burn. Well, maybe because I don't know. If we keep it at the the runtime that we have, an hour and 50 uh-huh. minutes, I don't find anything wrong with that. I think what I would have preferred more is just tell us more about the unique sci-fi thing that you're doing. Yes, it mm. is a little reminiscent of Inception, but you have enough mm-hmm. going on in here that has made me forget about Inception. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I, I'm not saying that you're ripping off Inception. I'm saying, okay, this is the base, what are you doing that's different? And you have a lot of really good ideas that are different. They just don't have as much of an explanation. Yeah. So spend I mean, more time in the sci-fi aspect instead of the trauma aspect, but the trauma, I mean, I like the messages from, from Naomi, you know what I mean? About mm-hmm. trauma and about reality. So it's a weird trade off. I don't know. Um, I was fine because like, I mean, so it's like, Oh, a film does a movie about, dreams and diving deeper into dreams now it can't be done you know anymore that's yeah. that's it we have our dream movie it's like yeah of course other films can make movies about uh dreams and whatever so like that I, that comparison i think is it's there if you want to make it and i think it's a valid comparison but i on the other hand i also think it is totally fine because like you said this film is doing something way different yeah you know, it's and it's not about like implanting memories or whatever. It's it's almost like these guys are explorers, like we said, because there's there's so much about this movie that I liked. 
I'd say the main thing for me was just the pacing. Mm, yeah. And I, I know there are slow burn films that I've had a more fun time with. I think it's, you need to leave me more breadcrumbs of intrigue, you know, of just kind of being like, I, they tried to do that with that door at the mm-hmm. beginning where she's like going to open a door, but I don't know what the fuck she's doing. Like well, I was also just a little confused tree. about that. The fig tree. There's, is there's also the fig a, tree a of like, what the hell is going on with the fig tree? Um, it's interesting to me. Interesting to me. There are a few continuity things that, I mean, don't really matter in the long run, but it, it kind of takes me out of the film where they're saying the further you go into a dream, the less you remember. But then we have scenes of like, Michaela's supposed to be in level five of the dream, which is supposed to be really deep. But then she remembers who she is and she's able to call back to headquarters and be like, hey, she's not here. I'm going to get yeah, a gun and try to kill her. because there was that one scene with, um, with uh, uh, Lucas and Naomi because they, they do this, this procedure within their dreams. Yes, and th- that keeps happening. And yeah. then he wakes up on the beach and he has no fucking clue who he is. Oh, he is just brain, like, yeah. he's been brain zapped. Yeah. So there's a little bit of that where you're like, I'm kind of confused as to what's going on there. Um, so. What reg- an intriguing movie. Yeah, regardless <laughs> of the, the shortcomings that we're talking about, this film is well worth a watch. Like, it is, it is a slow burn, but it's, the slowness is is permeated by this kind of dread feeling that is throughout the film. And then you get a really huge sense of urgency towards the end. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. maybe that was a little off balance, but regardless, I, I very much enjoyed the lore behind this film. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty unique. Uh, was that your final thoughts? Yeah, that's my final thought. Uh, my final thoughts... Uh, what I said before, and, you know, just more more showing and less telling. Like, I think some of the my- monologues, words, I think some of the Naomi monologues were, I appreciated them, but they, they do kind of happen a lot. They kind of drag on a little bit for me. Um, I appreciated the re- how she says the, a monologue in the beginning and then says the same thing at the end, and now there's different context. That was really fun. Yeah. Um. But overall, very well-made movie. Just a little, little nitpicks here and there. Cinematography things. trumps all of it. Like, yeah. It, oh man, so film. well put together. Good acting throughout. Oh um, yeah, I didn't even mention that. Like, holy shit. Yeah, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> the actors are awesome. The two leads are good. Yeah, they do a good job. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dan. Plug me, Daddy. Yes, you can find us on Twitter at IndieFilmPod. You can find us on Instagram, IndieFilmReviewPod. You can email us at theindiefilmreview at gmail.com. You can send us your screeners there. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. And if you like the show, you can go and... Uh, give us a five-star review wherever you do that. I, I've been finding some of those lately, just kind of like looking up our podcast, and there's mm. been some really nice ones mm. recently. Oh, people are so nice. I really appreciate it. Uh, Dan, for your final word, this is an orthodox, but I would like for you to describe your perfect honeymoon getaway with me after <laughs> we get married. <laughs> well, um, we're going to put on our copper crowns, and we're okay. going to... Um, wake up on a beach together and you're going to scream in my face um, about 
who you don't remember me at all, even though you're the one that proposed. And then we we have sex, right? After that? Sure. <laughs> okay. Sure. <laughs> podcasts but there are so many out there and it's hard to know what's good well my friend it is not as hard as you might think because necropoticon has you covered they've got movie reviews horror shows games comedy and improv so all you gotta do is head on over to necropoticon.com to find your new favorite podcast yeehaw necropoticon hard to pronounce easy to listen